Hello, and welcome to Cherry Beckert's podcast for real estate and construction. We discuss developing trends and market dynamics, as well as tax and accounting tips that could impact your business. My name is Jason Horde, and I'm a tax partner with Cherry Beckert out of our Nashville office. And with me is Cherry Beckert's own Ron Wainwright. Ron, also a tax partner, sits in our Raleigh office, and he is also the national leader of our credits and accounting method division. In case you all haven't been able to listen to our first three podcasts, which have focused on investors and how they're affected by the Opportunity Zone regulations, those first three um, sessions were an overview of final regulations, eligibility of gains and timing of investments, and then also key inclusion events. So today um, we're doing part four and we're going to, going to be discussing exit strategies out of qualified opportunity funds that have reached a 10 year hold and how it affects those investors. And we're also going to touch on how the current economic conditions around COVID-19 have affected opportunity zone investments and some possible relief. So Ron, we really appreciate you uh, joining us today and wondering if you could give us some background and an overview from an investor perspective regarding uh, exit strategies from a qualified opportunity fund. Well, thank you, Jason, and thank you all for joining us today in uh, the fourth podcast. Uh, we will be having more in regards to this very important topic of qualified opportunity funds as well as qualified opportunity zones. Uh, so just as a refresher, uh, remember that the legislative history accompanying the enactment of qualified opportunity funds that came in the Tax Cuts Jobs Act of 2017 was that these provisions were intended to benefit low-income communities by encouraging investment in such communities uh, with respect to unrealized capital gains that were within uh, the economy, whether that was a balance sheet of a corporation, uh, a partnership, or a, uh, an individual. So when you think about the investor perspective, broadly speaking, the QAF rules operate as follows. Um, you know, an eligible taxpayer invests an amount equal to their gross capital gain uh, that the taxpayer desires to defer into a qualified opportunity fund within a 180-day period from the actual or the deemed recognition of the capital gain. The qualified opportunity fund must be a partnership or a corporation, uh, and that qualified opportunity fund then must make an investment in what is referred to as qualified opportunity zone property. Uh, now, remember that qualified opportunity zone property may be qualified opportunity zone stock, qualified opportunity zone partnership interest, or qualified opportunity business property, often referred to as QOZB or QOZB. Um, in fact, the QOF rules effectively compel the use of what's often referred to as a two-steer structure. So the QOF serves as the holding company, and then that houses uh, ultimately the operating business, or if you were to purchase land and develop. So when you think about uh, the rules and the exit strategies of an investor, mechanically think that the statute operates on two separate tracks. One track governs the deferred gain, and the second track governs the investment in the qualified opportunity fund. And so we will not cover the initial investor incentives to go into a qualified opportunity fund in this question, 
But what we do wanna focus on is the substantial tax benefits that are available for the investment in the Qualified Opportunity Fund itself when you think about the exit strategy. Um, so we know that in using what are referred to as the leveraging rules, the deferred gain when originally entering into the Qualified Opportunity Fund comes in at a zero basis. However, using the leveraging rules for the deferred gain, the basis in the investment can be increased by 10% after five years and by another 5% after seven years. However, the key to the exit strategy is if you hold your investment in a qualified opportunity fund for 10 years in one day, the basis increases to the fair market value of that asset value in the qualified opportunity fund upon the day of exit. So let's go through a simple example. I invest a million dollars originally in my qualified opportunity fund, that's capital gain. So I have invested a million dollars through the rules. My basis ultimately in the beginning was zero, but increases to 150,000 or 15% of the million dollars. So ultimately I only pay tax on the 850,000 in the year 2026. But often what's referred to as the steroid shot is if my investment of a million dollars where I've now paid tax on 850,000 in 10 years in one day is worth $5 million, then my basis is increased to the fair market value and upon exit of the Qualified Opportunity Fund, there is no tax liability. So I have literally seen $4,150,000 of appreciation or accretion go tax-free. And that is the key to the investment strategy at 10 years and one day, super steroid shot, if you will. Okay, thanks, Ron, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing benefit. Uh, as we all know, um, COVID-19 has really affected a vast majority of people and, and the economy as well. Uh, Ron, can you let us know what, what you're seeing nationally uh, with respect to Opportunity Zone investments and in, in, in COVID? Uh, so, yes, um, just as we as a nation were beginning to recognize the toll of the COVID-19 pandemic, I want to give you a snapshot of what we saw pre-March 13th, which was really kind of the key date um, that the president declared a national emergency to combat the spread of COVID. Um, so pre-March 13th, we saw a significant amount of investments of investors into qualified opportunity funds. In fact, it's $10 billion uh, just in the 18 and 19 in that period, right before March 13 of uh, 2020. Um, so a, a significant amount of deferral of gain and then opportunity to continue to grow businesses and qualified opportunity funds. So a couple of things that we did see, interestingly enough, was we saw the number of qualified opportunity funds grow from about 502 at the end of December of 19 uh, to in January about 621. Um, as I mentioned, um, the equity raise 
actually increased substantially from December into to January and really into to, to February. Um, what we saw post March 13th, however, is interesting is even though we saw some investors begin to pull back, what ultimately happened was there was about another $3 billion of investments that have rolled in uh, to qualified opportunity funds in that uh, December, January timetable. Interestingly enough, when you look at how those funds were being raised and by category, and I'll go to the, the $10 billion that was exceeded pre-March 13th, we saw it predominantly in residential and commercial along with hospitality type vertical industries. Um, post March 13th, we've seen it more in the commercial area and some in residential. Um, so there were about 99 qualified opportunity funds who were residentially focused uh, in that uh, period of time from really December through um, that March and beyond, uh, about $1.84 billion uh, rolled in um, in regards to residential. And then, as I mentioned, on the commercial side, that would be about $2 billion that rolled in. Um, looking forward, the latest data shows that qualified opportunity funds continue to be a significant opportunity for investors um, that are recognizing uh, capital gain type transactions. Um, and more importantly, what we see nationally is we see qualified opportunity funds uh, beginning to invest in the QASBs. So the, remember that term qualified opportunity zone businesses. So we see a lot of formation currently in regards to uh, C corporations and partnerships and really businesses that are located in opportunity zones across the country. Well, great. Um, Ron, on April 1st, uh, recognizing that COVID-19 was impacting our economy, the IRS issued an update to the December 2019 regulations. Uh, can you comment on that? So as you might expect, uh, given the information I just shared, um, there is a recognition of that, that uh, COVID is in fact, even though the investments continue into qualified opportunity funds, that there needed to be greater flexibility. So as Jason commented, um, the Internal Revenue Service uh, recognizing the COVID-19 pandemic would continue uh, and it would impact qualified opportunity funds and, and opportunity zones. They did issue um, some flexibility um, and really what would be referred to as updated and, and cleaned up the Qualified Opportunity Fund regulations that originally were issued in, in December of, of 2019. Remember, that is, the, in fact, the third set of, of the regulations. So when you think about, you know, what did this update or, or clean up, uh, I'll give you some key takeaways um, from what we would say is the update of the, the third set of regulations. Um, so it, it certainly uh, put in place a tremendous amount of flexibility, more specifically around the 180-day rule, as well as uh, the provision of what's referred to as the 60-month startup safe harbor, uh, gave us some additional guidance and illustrations. Also gave us some greater flexibility in regards to the rules, which 
previously had somewhat prohibited related persons from selling properties uh, to qualified opportunities. Um, and so this update uh, from the Internal Revenue Service or Treasury on April 1st uh, gives us greater flexibility um, as well as extends a number of, of critical due dates uh, that were contained in um, the first, second, and really third set of regulations. Um, so it's very positive when it comes to uh, the ability to continue to invest in qualified opportunity funds. Um, we do not have time today to go through um, the, the, all the updates and the cleanups, but we will be doing a subsequent podcast. Uh, so please stay tuned for that. Well, thank you, Ron. I really appreciate your time and sharing your insight into Opportunity Zones. Uh, we've exhausted our time here for this podcast. We really appreciate everyone listening. Um, for additional information and updates, please visit our uh, Cherry Becker website at cbh.com slash Oz. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you all soon.